Hello, everyone. As you know, I get inspirations for my podcast episodes, and I was recently talking to somebody who just really is bucking the fact that they are single. They just don't like it at all. Some people might feel ashamed of being single, and some people might just downright hate it, like they reject the notion that they're single. And I want to talk to you guys about the different vibrations that we're in when we are hating being single and loving being single because it has the capacity to dictate exactly what is happening in our love life. So first I want to start out telling you guys a story about was right after my tsunami happened where my husband left and left basically me and my children broken homeless and we were forced to move in with my mom which was an awesome blessing We were definitely being taken care of by the universe in that situation, but this was the second divorce that I had, and there was a lot of shame around it because I didn't like that I got divorced the first time. That was my choice, really, but the second time, this was at the hands of another person, and it really made me feel like I had made such a bad decision, and I was such a cotton-headed ninny muggins that... My self-worth was in the toilet because I just couldn't believe that I was having divorce number two. I mean, this was not my dream, friends. My dream since I was a little girl was to get married, find a wonderful man, get married, you know, take care of each other, live as best friends, have the, the dog, the white pickest friends, the pool, the kids, the perfect job, and hold each other's hands on walks. You know, I had this whole dream laid out for me and it didn't happen that way. So there was a lot of disappointment surrounding the fact that I was single for a second time. And to add to that, nobody was really saying much to me. People weren't saying things like, gosh, I'm so sorry that this happened to you or you didn't deserve this or it's not your fault. I wasn't getting a lot of support from the outside world. And I don't mean that I wasn't loved. And I didn't have people around me because I don't want to take away or minimize the love and physical support and hugs and, and things that I had from the people around me. But I didn't really get, I didn't really get the feeling that a lot of people truly understood what I was going through. So about the, not the first Christmas, because that was pretty close to after we separated, But after I had moved in with my mom, the second Christmas that happened, I had been single then for about a year, and I was really in not the greatest place. I had huge amounts of anxiety because I I did start seeing somebody soon after my husband left. Someone just entered my life, but I'll tell you more about that in a little bit. And that relationship ended too. So now I was feeling like I had two really harsh and bad things happening to me back to back and I was not in a good space. I was so much not in a good space that I remember driving to the grocery store and by myself and the whole time just bitching out loud, you know, I can't believe I'm alone again. I'm always alone because my first husband and I worked opposite schedules. The second one was a overseas international pilot. So I was I was alone a lot. I felt kind of like a single mom, even in relationships. And then the times in between that I was truly alone, and now I was alone again. So I was bucking it hard, and I was mad. 
and I was bitter and I was not enjoying this at all. So going back to what I was saying, that when that next Christmas rolled around, I remember feeling so incredibly ashamed. I couldn't word it. I didn't know what I was feeling. I just knew I felt bad. I felt like there was something wrong with me. And I remember, you know, we have these big family functions with a lot of people during the holidays because we have a big family and then friends would come and extended family would come. And I just remember slinking away in the middle of Christmas Eve festivities and, and going into my room and just sitting in there and turning on the TV. And meanwhile, all this, you know, fun and joy is happening around me in the holiday spirit. And I couldn't even bring myself to come out there. Now, this is not typically me. Kristen's all up in the business, you know, talking to everybody, having a great time, singing, dancing, full of life. And I was the complete opposite. And I noticed that. I was like, wow, I cannot believe I don't want to be out there. And one of the reasons why I didn't want to be out there was because I was seeing all these families together. And here mine was broken again. And it just hurt my heart because I was looking at them being together as there was something right with them and something wrong with me. So I had a judgment going here that was pretty harsh and it was hurting my heart in more ways than I can describe. So often the first thing we want to do when a relationship ends is that we want to go out and fill the void. We're like, okay, that one's over. Let me get on Match.com or some other dating website, or let me go to some places that there's a lot of people or a lot of the opposite sex, and I'm going to go on the hunt for my new partner. Now, we do this innocently, so I do not want you to judge yourself for this, and I'm definitely not judging you for it either if you this sounds familiar to you, because we don't know any better. We're like, well, I'm single now, which means I can go find somebody else, and which was my habit as well. I never went very long without a relationship. In fact, if I think back, probably the year from 20 to 21 was one year that I was single, that I did not have a type, a type of certain boyfriend happening in my life. I was always with somebody. Well, I had realized at this point that I had done the same thing. My husband had left in August, and I think it was early October-ish that I met the guy that I was just telling you about that we had dated for a little bit after he left. And that relationship didn't work out either. And I looked back and I thought, you know, I am creating the same pattern that I've always created. I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. I'm the common denominator here, and I need to find a way to do this differently. The first thing I did was sit down with myself and say, why do I need a partner? Why do I need somebody in my life? I couldn't quite put my finger on it at that time, so I'm not going to lie and say that I did, but there was a sense of feeling worthy. When we have a partner in our life, somehow we believe that we are worthy because we have somebody that we are connected to. And even sometimes if that's not healthy connection, we would prefer that rather than being alone because we deep inside need somebody to validate our worth. Oftentimes when a relationship ends and we jump back into another relationship, if we're super honest with ourselves, 
we really look and really dig into what we're doing, we're going to feel a sense of desperation about it. Now, not every single person on the planet, but chances are if this title of this podcast episode has appealed to you, then you know exactly what I'm feeling about. There's this desperation of, I got to get that. I got to have that thing. And sometimes we're such on autopilot that we don't really realize how desperate we are or how needy we have become. And that is perfectly okay. We are human and we are doing human things. But that doesn't mean that's going to get us a healthy and connected relationship that's going to last a lifetime that we're longing for. When we are seeking for a relationship, when we are not really whole within ourselves, I will be honest with you and say that's not the best time to be looking for a relationship. In fact, it's really a bad time to be looking for a relationship because desperation makes us make poor choices. We will compromise our values. We will do things that we normally wouldn't do. We will accept the unacceptable from people. And oftentimes we'll play small and try to be Supergirl or Superboy. And I'm so fun and I'm so wonderful. And we don't shine our authentic light because we're afraid of repelling people or not being attractive to the opposite sex. Oftentimes this can, playing small, can yield us a partner. But playing small usually yields somebody who is not that into us, or they want to control us, or they could be narcissists or cheaters or abusers or users. And the reason why is because our energy of desperation is in alignment with the energy of that type of person. I've said this before, that we become a key to their lock because they are looking for somebody who they can control or they can do whatever the heck they please, and we're not going to be somebody who stands up to them. So coming from a place of desperation or neediness, trying to enter a relationship to fill a void within ourselves is not a good thing to do because we will repeat our pattern. And it's simply just a setup for another disappointing relationship. So the key here is to have a change in perception about your singleness, about your alone time. I write a whole chapter of this in my book and it's called Aloneness Equals Recreation Time. So think about it. Recreation is spelled the same as recreation. It's the time to really do for us in a way that we have never done for ourselves before because we have always been seeking outside of ourselves for love, approval, acceptance, and worth. On around, oh gosh, I don't even know, probably, no, I think it was very soon thereafter the holiday, I just said, okay, I need to get myself right about this because I don't like the way I feel. This feels terrible. And what we resist persists. So the fact that I am hating singledom is only going to produce longer singledom in my life. So I set course to start really loving being single. And I started looking at all the reasons why being single was great. And I listed them off. I was happy that that I didn't have to run my decisions by other people, that I didn't have to have disagreements or talks about where money is spent, 
could be anything from what I was watching on TV to being free to go out with my friends and have awesome experiences. There was so many. And how many of the times that I was really unhappy and, and having this time to myself meant that I didn't have to deal with anything that was going on inside a partner. I looked at this time as a blessing and also a time that I wasn't going to be distracted by having a partner, meaning pulled in different directions like um, somebody wanting me to go somewhere, go out of town or do this or um, make choices or have to please another person because I was and am a recovering people pleaser. So having that non-distraction in my life was the perfect time that I could really sit down and figure out why I had this repeating pattern of dysfunctional relationships in my life. So I made what I would call one of the absolute best decisions in my life. And that was to fight the need to fill the void with another man quickly and to take this time to be alone. So I chose to be single and celibate. Now I say that because single's one thing, but it also means I wasn't hooking up with anybody and just calling it casual. I mean single and celibate for as long as it took until I could get myself right. Now when I say get myself right, that's kind of an ambiguous term, like what does that mean? Well, I knew I didn't like the way I was feeling now, and I knew that I could get back to a place where I was really happy being single because I've been there before and where I was having a whole bunch of fun and where I really wasn't dependent on anybody else to fill my cup. But I didn't know how long that was going to entail. So I just put a open-ended ticket on the other end of it. I said, okay, I'm entering this. This is the choice I'm making right now and I'm going to stay single and celibate until I have this figured out. Now, the cool thing that started happening along the line while I was doing my healing work, and this is the same healing work that I will teach you if you sign up for the self-love to soulmate formula course that I have. It's a one-on-one coaching session with me and you at not one session. It's actually six weeks, six sessions where we go in depth to do the healing work. Now, everybody I know who has gone through this healing work with me they, by gosh, honestly, around the third session, they feel great and they're so inspired and happy. And I can literally see the shift happening inside of them. So I did the healing work. And what I noticed was at functions later, once I had gone through this and I started to heal, I started to look around and believe it or not, I started to kind of kind of feel bad for people that were in some relationships. I started to feel like, sit down everybody, the lucky one. How lucky am I to be single right now? Now that didn't mean I was judging their relationships or that I was better than them. That's not what I mean. Keep in mind that I went from being hating singledom and being so ashamed of singledom to actually going, wow, I am so fortunate in a humbled and centered way to be single right now. Because I looked around at some of these couples that were in my life and they were gravely unhappy. They were in dysfunctional relationships. They were dealing with things that I never want to deal with again. And I thought, you know, universe did for me was what I was unwilling to do for myself because my second husband was a very dysfunctional relationship and I was staying. 
And I was staying because of many, many reasons that I told myself. The truth is, I was too afraid to leave. But universe knew what was in my heart and what I was vibrating and that this was not okay, but that I honestly didn't know any other way to go about it. I had a very young child at that time. He and I had, you know, during the dysfunctional parts, she was probably about one and two, and then he left around when she was three. So this was, you know, here I was going to be with a toddler and two middle school, high schoolers, and working full time and it was you know he's gone all the time so I wouldn't be sharing parenting it was it was really really and I had a huge house that was very expensive and just the whole thought of going through a divorce again was really freezing for me it 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 just I couldn't even fathom that I could do that so gratefully universe stepped in and said you're out of here sister we're going to make this hard and strong and fast and you're going to feel this but you are going to bounce back from this in a better way than you ever have before so I want to stress the fact that I truly trusted in the universe and I trusted in God now I had not trusted in God like this in this (laughs) deepest capacity ever before in my life, but I don't think I had been driven to my knees so badly before in my life that that I really had to, had to look up and say, I can't do this myself. I need help. I need somebody to help me. And that is when I remembered God. And I remembered that there was the superpower of the universe that I wasn't leaning on, that I wasn't relying on, that I wasn't utilizing. And I started use, utilizing Um, the power that is there for all of us, that we are all connected to, things started to shift for me in the most profound and amazing way. And just to finish the story briefly, after a couple years had gone by, because it ended up taking two years for me on my own, and that's why I often say in the copy regarding the self-love to self uh, to soulmate formula is that I can shorten your learning curve because I had to learn that that stuff on my own. There was no teachers and mentors around. There was, and if I co- or went to a counselor, they they hadn't walked my walk, so they didn't really understand what I was talking about. So I set course to heal that on my own, and I know exactly what it takes to help you shift from the place of unhealthy and disempowered relationships to a place of changing your vibration to attract amazing relationships and people into your life. I want to say it was around the two-year mark that someone entered my life. He was, uh, this is, oh, sorry, my window's open if you heard that big car go by. This was somebody that went, I went to high school with, but I didn't know him well, and he friended me on Facebook. Long and short of it, we started dating for about five weeks, and I noticed that there was signs happening that he potentially wouldn't be the one, but this is the first person I had been with in a couple years, and I really liked him, but there was, not a bad person, so I'm not going to say that, but it, it just wasn't jiving with me, so I started asking a lot of questions and just really trying to figure out if this is something that I wanted to stay in because he also lived about an hour and a half from me. And to continue this relationship probably meant one of us would make a move. And I wasn't willing to make a move and neither was he because he was a doctor and, you know, he has his practice and whatnot. And I didn't want to move my kids. So I really started looking deeper into this relationship and just the way he was showing up and you know how my needs were or were not being met. And it just things he was saying weren't jiving, like he wanted me to dress a certain way. A very nice guy, wasn't saying it mean, but just I started to get a little bit of flags and I started asking questions. And guess what happened? 
he broke up with me. He broke up with me. And so what, what, what happened again? I was single. I was single again. And I remember being disappointed. I remember crying, even though I wasn't, it wasn't about him. I remember crying and thinking, gosh, again? Oh my gosh, is this ever going to get better? I did all this healing work. And then I realized something else, another perception shift. That happened for me too, because I started to question and challenge this person in ways that I mm, wasn't sure that he was driving with me and the relationship ended. And guess what, guys? It ended after five weeks, not 10 years, not six years, not two years, five weeks. And that was something to celebrate and to be grateful for. So once I changed my perception around that, that good, this was good. His rejection was my protection. And I don't want to say that it was, you might be thinking, I need to disclaim this. Oh, she pushed him too hard and, you know, she was being a bitch. No, 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 no. All of this just happened in organic conversation. But I think through my organic conversation with him, he realized we weren't a good fit either. So it was really a beautiful and magical thing that happened. And it wasn't but maybe two weeks later that I met who is now my current husband. And we've been together ever since. So the moral of this story is, if you are in a place right now where you're really, really hating your singledom, or you're ashamed of it, or you're embarrassed, and I'm single again, or I've never been married, or it's been 10 years, or everybody else is coupled up, or why do I find all the jerks? I don't know. Whatever story you have going on, it's really not, it doesn't really matter what story you have as long as it's a disempowered story. If you have something like that going on around your singleness, I invite you to please change your perception around it. Start looking at it as a gift. You have been given this time to recreate yourself. And that does not mean we recreate ourselves on the, mm, I'm looking for the right word here, I guess on the foundational level, we're not changing what we like, how we laugh, what we look like. We're changing ourselves from the inside out. We're healing our worth. We're recognizing our patterns. We're deciding what's not acceptable for us anymore. We're learning to forgive. We're doing all the things it takes to get more centered in ourselves so that when we do decide to go back out into the world and start dating, we are at the best foundational place that we could possibly ever be at when starting dating because now we're in love with ourselves and we care for ourselves and we see our value. And let me tell you something, knowing your value will weed out people faster than you know it and it will make people not attracted to you. And at first, egoically, you might feel like, what do you mean? Oh my God, people won't be attracted to me. No, it means the wrong people are not going to be attracted to you. Who is going to be attracted to you is the right people. And I'm smiling ear to ear as I say this to you now because I know how deeply true this is. Aloneness is not something to be ashamed of. Being single is not something to be ashamed of. If you are deeply, deeply ashamed, and you're having a hard time rescuing yourself from that, I'm going to invite you to take it to your source. God, universe, spirits, angels, guides, guardians, stars, whoever it is that you believe is the energy that governs the universe and ask 
for help. Now, the reason why I say that is, is because I know when I've been stuck in a place where I cannot move out of it, I mean, something is just blocking me like I have lead feet just bolted into the ground and I I can't quite wrap my head about a change in perception, I take it to God and I say, please help me with this. I'm willing to change my perception around this. So if you're feeling like you are ashamed about your relationship status or that you can't break free of it, be willing to take it to spirit. Ask for help. At least let the claws of it start to loosen a little bit on you so that you can start healing so that you can get into a place that you're going to attract the most amazing partner that you have ever had. Your lifer is out there looking for you too, guys. He and she is out there. You are not alone. You are not destined to be alone. That'd be another good podcast episode. You are not destined to be alone. No one is. Your person is there and they're waiting for you on the other side of your healing. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.